Hello, I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Daniel. I'm Dave. I'm Tinzian. And this is Death to Fort Dishonor. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm too tired for this shit. <laughs> Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha. Annihilation, Jim. Total, complete, absolute annihilation. The gravity is so much stronger on the southern continent. Are you sure she doesn't have to spread friendship and magic as part of her daily morning routine? (laughs) That's 12th level, I think. Not even whisper or utter my name in your last moments. <laughs> that totally defeats the purpose. Cesar, do you have any sun rods still, or <laughs> bring out your rods, old man? Private confrontation. Not like that. Maybe some discipline. Had <laughs> his hands in all of Cesar's junk for six. <laughs> oh wait, that's not what I meant. <laughs> wow, we have a title. That's wrong. That's really wrong. <laughs> what? We need dice for this game? Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Daniel. And I'm Tinzian. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, July 3rd. Actually not. It's Wednesday. Hey, it's Wednesday, July 3rd. This is episode 114 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Gray Area Podcast. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded, so we're going to let Tinzian do a little review and catch us up on where we are currently. So, Dungeon Master, you are a go. Please. Before I begin with the uh, backstory and a couple other bits, uh, I'd like to note that Dave, who plays Sabre, has left the cast, and uh, we would like to collectively thank him for his time and efforts um, during our play sessions. For the purpose of this remaining scene, which is the trial, uh, I will be playing the part of Sabre, and uh, so forth, so bear with me. It's been brought to my attention that there was, due to um, the last episode, a bit of confusion as to what's going on. So I'm going to open up the out-of-character closet and start filling in you guys. What it appears to be is that Tharza Dune has worked a series of machinations and has put the party into a Petri dish where it has um, entrapped a long time ago a group of drow that are distinct from any other drow cities, and I believe this has been mentioned in past episodes, that they have a different accent, and nobody's actually fully explored outside the city, but they would actually find that um, there's an extremely limited means by which uh, the drows that have now been wiped out could interact with the world. So, in essence, Stars of Dune was putting these drow out into the world to seek a certain group of challengers or adventurers or warriors or just the unlucky who happened to fall into the snare. The party is the one that did this. And it all sort of culminates up into this trial of the Mad God. Following the activities of the party, it was somewhat by design of Tharza Dune that each party member be placed into a certain position which either complements their burgeoning abilities, because um, you have to admit in this experiment the party has gotten more powerful, or could potentially challenge um, the party for some other reason. There is a point to this trial, and at the end there is actually a rather um, powerful bit of party expansion, I don't want to say growth, but uh, the party's going to find themselves a lot more powerful in a certain way, so there is something to this. For those who are paying attention to Twitch, um, I'm hoping that you've listened to the last episode, but I'm going to open the floor up right now to questions from the cast, 
so that we can get some clarification um, and bring everyone up to speed. Uh, Sanitari. So if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying is that this entire thing, from the drow escaping to them attacking um, a winter haven and all of this luring of us here, is has been designed by Tharza Dune. And for the purpose of getting to this trial, essentially, is that the sum up that I'm understanding? Well, to the point of this trial or something, but yeah, to the in, in essence, this trial, the party has been played um, within the game of a god, and you guys have been the chess pieces that have been moved around. Not exactly patsies, um, but there's definitely been a hand behind this. Okay. That's, I mean, that's I, I would know. note that it, it would seem that we were at least implicit to it, at least our future selves, um, since... We met us and sort of helped guide ourselves here. Just an interesting note. There's, out of character, there's the interesting note that's potentially raised by this of, you've either reached your, you've either seen your future selves, or you've been interacting with um, beings that have the mm. capacity for such detail and shape-changing as to present themselves <laughs> as such. Well, we know we survived. That's the good thing. Well, well, we know that. Well, we know the Sanitari survives. We know Scissor survives, and we know the thorns are pain in the butt. Still, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot that's up in the air. If you if you want me to spoil that, I I will be happy to. Oh no! No no no! It's okay. Question over. Carry on. Someone else. But yes, in 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 essence, this has been a one of those giant epic games, and there's you know kind of dancing on the strings, but. I think from the reaction that you're getting from Tharza Dune is is that um, initially you were puppets in something. You were going to be part of part of a game, um, for good or for ill. And how your characters have developed since then seems to have pleased the god that he hasn't actually just decided to wipe you all out. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, aside from the finding out about the drow, and those sorts of bits and pieces, I wouldn't feel like you necessarily have a lot of ropes around your wrists and ankles and throats. Okay. Uh, uh, other questions, guys? Before we roll into no, this? Nothing I can think of, but you know, that's just my tired brain. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I have everything under control. I probably don't, but uh, okay. we'll find out. Can you sum up for each of us what our job is, Cesar being judge. the judge? And Cesar, Cesar is the judge for this trial, and um, Thorn is the executioner, and Sabre is supposed to be the jury, and um, Xanatari at one point was thought to have been potentially the... <coughs> excuse me. The defense keep <laughs> doing an excellent job of roaming all over the courtroom map, which I guess is as erratic as lightning and thunder gets. So, <laughs> um, I have no issue, by the way, um, and this is additional to out of character. I have no issue whatsoever with Xanatari taking her course of action and not actually fitting into the role that the Mad God um, and or the DM uh, was thinking for this thing. She is acting on her own and... The story is um, shaping around that decision, so um, there shouldn't be anything construed that this is a bad thing that she is doing. Okay, well, good because I don't think she would support the Dark God and his quest for for basically jerking people around with her, you know, neutral good scenario. So I'm glad it works out. Yep. So to set the scene. Um, Everybody is in their position. Sabre is sitting in what is probably best declared the jury box. And is sitting there hands folded and watching. Standardly quiet, but appears to be rather distressed by the discussion of children. That was uttered by the Mad God the last time. And his actions in wiping out this race or that. Cesar remains upon his... High platform, his uh, judge's lectern, and above him 
out of character. It is a manifestation of the spirit of death. But it is watching over Caesar's action. How that plays out with the fact that you have a death god sitting in front of you, um, and also sitting in the audience, because the same manifestation is there, but you have Tharja Dune sitting there as well, uh, you can open your own theological debates as you will. <laughs> in the gallery, there are a multitude, and when I say multitude, I mean a couple thousand, spectral uh, forms sitting within the gallery, each of them is paying close attention. Within the gallery and intermixed amongst them, there are also a number of godlike presences, Illustre being one of them, who's sitting up near the front and is watching the proceedings. Sanitary, you are aware that your deity may possibly be in attendance as well to some respects. This is considered a big deal in the universe, and either... Everyone is sort of watching this as you would watch TV for the final episode of um, a reality series. Or mm, people are looking out for you. Remains unclear. It feels so. kind of like the finale of Friends. <laughs> it was a good run. It was a good uh, run we, with the omnipresent can, death. We, we, can, we can break the fourth wall at the very end. Tharza Dune has been threatened by Thorn uh, with destruction. And it sounded uh, the last time like Thorne was willing to do it either way, um, either by his hands or by the permission of the courts. <laughs> so that's up in the air. And we have Xanatari sitting um, or walking around. I'm not sure which at this point, so she can clarify when I turn it over to her. Uh, asking questions. Tharza Dune has quickly lost that sense of just absolute amusement at what is going on here. Um, and seems to be trying to project a very earnest sense of what is actually being seen here is reality. It's not an illusion that there is a trial going on. Um, this very kind of a venomous, bitter tone to his voice when he describes wiping out some civilizations. But in looking at his current actions, he is expressing almost a sense of pride or coherence and pride. Xanatari, what would you like to do? Hmm. Um, Xanatari is extremely upset by all of this because uh, being Kalashtar, you know, seeing, hearing him basically like gloat about destroying all these races and people and like collective memories of generations of people and then just it just seems very um like the point of this trial escapes her you know the, the fact the judgment aspect uh pretty much escapes her because uh who would want who would seek death or seek uh to be judged by such lesser beings as we are it doesn't make sense she feels there's a trick here and seeing how grumpy and actually emotional, like, usually, you know, trickster, jokester, thorn, he's like, he's very upset by this, and in a way that she's never seen, like, a, with a deep, you know, anger. And I would like to get to the bottom of this, so, so to find out more about Tharza Dune and the details of what he's done so she can properly either defend or um, most likely prosecute him, I'm going to give Thorn a chance to to tell me why he's so upset. We, we tried to have an interaction before. I found the heart that he made for me. Um, tried to figure out why he's giving me, you know, jewelry. And his response was that he wants to be friends forever. Best friend. BFF. BFF forever. BFF. Son and Senatari. And, uh, you know, still not trusting him. I guess she just wants to get to know him slightly better. So, Thorn, I would like Thorn to take the stand and and uh, pontificate before before Caesar. So I'm going to call Thorn to the stand. Caesar um, and Thorn, you guys have your interactions as far as if you want to allow that or not. Um. Well, well Thorn, uh, please step forward. Uh, I. Is is there a witness box? There is. Uh, it's more of a more of a platform that you can stand at. There is a uh, short, three foot wide railing. 
Uh, okay, so I, uh, I, I step forward uh, and stand on the platform, leaning forward with my hands against the railing. I would remind everyone that there is um, a couple spells in effect, so you're not sworn in per se, um, but there is um, certain compulsions towards truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I take the stand and I look at the Atari waiting. I would question him. I would say, Thorn, you are the executioner. You're the person who's going to carry out if there is a death here. Um, and a, I guess, a recompense for all the deaths that have been made by Tharza Dune. You're the one to carry this out. I'm not quite sure how you will kill a god, but we've done it before. Why are you so angry and so eager to carry this out, no matter if justice is served or not? You seem to want to do it regardless of the outcome of this trial, and may yet take it into your own hands. What, What is going on here? Because someone who's like you, just wandering, shouldn't have such a violent reaction to the situation, and you confuse me. Not everyone who wanders chooses to wander. Um, I was separated from my pack when I was a, a child. Um, I often used to play in the forest surrounding where our, our camp was. And one day I strayed too far um, from my pack and was found by two cult- cultists. Um, they were kindly elderly people. Um, kind of, you know, someone that you would look upon as a grandfather or a grandmother. And they needed guidance through the forest. And they asked me whether I knew the way, and I said yes, and decided to guide them. While I was guiding them as a child, I had an innate ability to commune with elemental spirits, which you see me use all the time. And upon seeing an opportunity, Tharazdan spoke to these cultists, breaking his own rules and implanting in them the need to recruit me, which they did. Um, coming to the edge of the forest, they questioned whether I knew where my parents were, and I said, no, I've, I've been looking for them for, for hours. And they said that if I went with them, they would help me find my parents. And that's where it all began. What all began? Because none of us know anything about cultists. We think that you're here, you know, purely for this sport of adventure. I was, I was inducted into a cult that acquires certain relics and artifacts for those doing. And he has a particular lust for these artifacts of power to unchain himself from where he has been placed. And he took my powers and moulded them and used them for acquisition, um, not always in the cleanest way. And as I grew, so did, so did my power. And when I finally came of age... I heard his voice in my mind, and it was a corrupting touch. It was one that drove me to continue to seek larger powers, larger relics and, and you know, artifacts. And it was corrupting, and every time that I sought to find my family and break away from this, this god of madness, he would turn them to one side in order to, to keep me. I, I'm one of the best acquirers in the cult. I can acquire nearly anything. And I have not been able to break free. I have not found... I don't know whether my family is still alive. He has taken everything that I've known and twisted it and turned it to darkness. And I have not lost sight of that. I don't know where uh, where I come from anymore. I don't know whether my pack still exists. I don't know whether it's something that he's destroyed. 
he has taken everything from me and left me with nothing. A a wanderer and a shadow of what I could have been. And for that, he deserves to die. Tharza Dune reaches up, and you notice that his hand has more movement than it's ever had with the chains. Reaches up and takes the covering. Um, remember, he looks like a mind flayer with the tentacles chopped off and a metal plate shoved, um, you know, where the beak or whatever the mouth of the mind flayer is. He reaches up and sort of twists the plate a little and removes it and settles it on um, in his lap and in, um, in his chair. And he looks at Thorn, and you realize that there is no mouth beyond it. There's just this black space. I did not know you, Shifter. Not once. Until you became part of this group. Until you became part of this gathering that has brought you here. He gestures, and around the around the um, trial area, there are a number of large ledger books. Uh, I believe they have been mentioned beforehand, and they contain the various um, writings of Tharza Dune in terms of confessing his crimes and so forth. He raises again his hand, and this time it has much more play, and is not as restricted as it has ever been. All of the books open and begin to shift through pages rapidly. There is one book that stops, that is right, right by you, Zanatari, stops at a certain page. The rest of the pages, for all the other books, continue through and until they come to the last page. I am no sponsor of your cult, shapeshifter. Never have. Too organized. You've been played. Why is it that you always seem to have this affinity for Orcus and things that he wants to collect? You're just an errand boy. Hmm. Xenatari is infuriated at this point because we've taken Thorn into our group you know, from the beginning, and he's been a part of this through two campaigns. Um, has become part of her family, essentially, even though he's the annoying, you know, annoying younger brother, or annoying however you want to call the relationship. I'm your complete antithesis. Yes, that, the, <laughs> the person that you are drawn to in curiosity and repelled by at the same time, and... After the fight that we had last time, or read your weapons, or some people say we haven't, but we, we fought over, uh, over releasing the darkness or not, um, she's furious at this point. So, I want to see what's on his page. I'm going to stalk over there, um, pulling the crystal heart that he made for me out, and holding it in my hand, squeezing it as hard as possible, and I'm going to look down at the page and read it. What does it say? It is a description... And a very, well, in one hand, it's almost unreadable script, and yet it's the most readable script you've ever seen. It almost changes to confound you a little bit on the page, but the essence of what it says drives itself home immediately. It dis there is discussion of a lost tribe of Kalishtar within the history of the Mind Collective. Apparently, Tharza Dune admits responsibility to wiping out this collective. There is, however, notation of an article, um, and by that I mean a physical object, that is numbered next to this entry. And it has the term philosophy. It has what? I'm going to be horrible. I must admit to the audience, I'm horrible at saying it. Um, it is the item that a lich puts its soul into. Phylactery? Phylactery? Yes. Okay. Um, horrible at saying that, and knowing my accent, it probably comes out as pancakes <laughs> and sausage, but whatever. It's a lich box. Lich box, okay. There's, there's, there's essentially the no notation of something that sounds like a lich box. 
um, and it is numbered. Okay, I'm going to want to research that, but before I do, um, slowly, slowly the last year is rolling through her mind, and she's beginning to put pieces together and say, okay, we went to the temple, um, you know, we went to Keep on the Shadowfell, we encountered Orcus, Thorn showed up, um, we went back to Winterhaven, Thorn showed up, we ended up seeking the drow, and Thorn was very interested in what was inside the drow stronghold. Thorn has joined us because he's seeking artifacts, and this occurs to her suddenly. I would turn to Cesar, and looking, you know, stricken, I would look at him and just make eye contact and see if, being the smart person that he is, that this has occurred to him as well, and just stare at him for a little while. Cesar um, catches her eye. I'm, he sort of realized this is the same thing, you know, member of this cult. But uh, he doesn't really care, because Thorne hasn't done anything directly that he's found to harm them. So he just kind of shrugs at Sanitari as he holds her gaze. Okay. Um, Judge Master, do you want me to pursue research at this point, or should I finish the trial, because I don't want to bog us down in research? It, it actually sounds like they're what is presented uh, might actually be here. The phylactery, phylactery is here? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? The lich box. The lich box. The lich box is here. Okay, there's um, a, yes. I would. Lich in a box? Yeah. Bah! Bleh. Um, my soul! Did we not find a withered lich heart once before? We just keep finding lich pieces everywhere. It's like a, a jigsaw puzzle. We sort of did puzzle, <laughs> lick, lick, lick the end, lick the end. Uh, uh, it's, why is it always turning to a barbecue? <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to follow the notation and reference and use a bibliography and possibly the Dewey Decimal System and the card catalog and find it. Don't forget the page uh. of contents. So, in, in essence, are you going to ask Cesar then for the exhibit? Exhibit A. Can I see Exhibit A, Your Honor? Ah, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who brings it. Where's the clerk? With Cesar's authorization of release, one of the members of the spectral gathering that is in the gallery stands and moves to the center of the walkway aisle and starts to move towards um, the trial area. I see dead people. In fact, you do. As the, uh, as the female approaches, you realize that she is dressed in a Kalashtar garb that has not been in style or quite widely used in quite a long period of time. Noting the arrival of um, the figure, Tharza Dune raises an eyebrow, seems to squint for a moment as if studying the figure. This one represents the death of 6,000, at least. This one ghost or this one bottle of lich juice? This one mm. ghost. Okay. What do you require of her? And then I would point to the reference of the glitch box and ask to have it retrieved. Why do you want it retrieved? What do you what do you wish to gain from it? I suppose Sanitari is hoping that there's some sort of memories left in it and some sort of explanation for uh, I don't know some remnant of of the destroyed Kalashtar that she can retrieve and somehow make them whole into the to the collective again. There's a dune squints again. This time there's almost, uh, I don't know, maybe a sense of relief, maybe a sense of humor um, to the eyes, because you, you can't see, of course, any sort of um, expression of the lips. Good. Then you may have them back. The figure holds out um, a small pendant, has a jewel on attached to it, and it is held in place by a thin metal wire. It is glowing, an extremely wonderful color, 
of emerald green. Okay, I would take it. Okay. Do you focus on it at all? Do you attempt to study it? Do you do anything with it, or do you just pocket it? Mm, let's see. I want to see if it's a bad thing, and he's tricking me because I don't trust this guy. So I can either roll my inside wisdom, or I can roll an arcana, whichever you prefer. Whichever you prefer, and explain the reason why you choose whichever or when you do. All right. Um, I'm gonna go inside wins- wisdom because it's higher. Twenty-five. As soon as you grab hold of it, uh, you feel certain things trying to um, link with the group mind. It is not a feeling of something crawling into your brain. It's just a feeling that, oh, hey, there's a bunch of other voices. And there's somewhat surprised, sort of a surprised pause as your brain and your history of the Kalash Tar start to interact with this item as if completing a circuit. You do not feel that this is a harmful thing. In fact, the dialect that is spoken is one that would be extremely hard to fake for a non-Kalashkar. Okay. I'm going to put it around my neck and deal with that later because we are distracted with other matters at this point. Um, also, curiosity. Uh, last time I had Bert, he was a basically smoking rock. Um, yeah. And uh, what's happening because I'm still carrying Bert around. Uh, you had tried to put a little extra umph into Bert to try and get him to start floating. He was floating just a couple inches off um, the table the last time. He's getting progressively higher, but uh, the luminosity and other characteristics of Bert that would kind of compel you to have him orbit your head are um, not quite fully there. But you might be able to get some, get him to at least hang out. Can I jump, jump him, or like a mower? <laughs> Anything, anything to help him, or does, is he just going to recover he, on his own? Does, does the rock have a ripcord? Does he have a ripcord? It just seems. It just seems that there, there's periods where it just takes a little while for him to recharge. It's, it's, it's trauma. How do you shake someone out of trauma? You give it kind of time and, and medical attention oh, and chocolate. this. Path. Okay. Do. There we go. I released a Kalishtar. I hope they are able to help you in your future. I have not enjoyed holding on to them. They have not been a prize. They were a matter of time and action. It's good to see them go home. He kind of squints at you some more. Glare back at him, not softening in the least. And then looks again towards Thorn. Again, I have not been your master. The cults I have, far too erratic for what you're talking about. Oh, I admit I have cults. This isn't one of them. But you know, certain gods do tend to lose things often, and they need the errands run in order to get them back. I think you need to look a little deeper into this history. I think you're a hypocrite because you've made us errand boys as well. Mm, indeed I have. What makes you any better than those other gods? I'm the prosecutor now! Absolutely nothing. Then why should you be forgiven for your sins? How do I know that you're not playing me now? You orchestrated this entire thing. Sorry. He looks at... He looks at Cesar, and he looks at the others that are assembled. There are magics here that are even beyond me. I have capitulated to them. I am sitting here under their effects, under their geas. Yes, you've been playing in a game, but I took my hand off that portion a long time ago. The judge here can tell if the bonds and restraints that we are all under still remain. Um... Uh, how? 
build a device, mate. <laughs> Use and your magic goggles. Just magic in effect, magic not in effect. It, like it an on-off switch. Clap three times. As being innate, Sazen, you know, this is your courtroom now. Okay. You are... In, in, es- in essence, you are the... The highest power next to, you know, the, the death god above you. Yeah. <laughs> in there. You would you would know if kind of like if something was stabbing you in the heart or whatever, you would know if something was violating the sanctum. You have okay. the death hat. And it and that he does seem to be telling the truth, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean uh I seem to have a sort of a sense of what's uh, going on, and it, it does seem to be that, that uh, everything that he's, he says to be in place is at this point. So uh, there, there's that, at least. <laughs> Still the god of madness, but uh, he's not lying about that. Feels so reassured. Yeah, exactly, right? Even though I am a god of many portfolios and many, many titles, in essence, I feel that sometimes I'm also a god of creation. The pots I stir, <laughs> things I do, lead to new things. I mean, my machinations so far have enabled you all to come together, to grow, to be something. You are in a position... And I think that this is a bit of wisdom that some in the audience, and he is, his eyes kind of flash like he's almost laughing at the ability to tell this. Some in this audience would not want you to know that what it takes to kill a god is immortal. What it takes to kill a god is immortal? Is a mortal. Is a mortal. Oh. Okay. Oh, this guy really gets under Xanatari's skin. Big time. <laughs> um, so, so far, she's going to turn to Thorn and say, you haven't given me any evidence that it's going to to help me, you know, make, a, make some sort of, I guess, determination about what I should say in this instance, because basically what he's saying to you, and it seems to be confirmed, is that you've been in a cult you thought was worshipping him the entire time, and it hasn't been. Probably likely Orcus, the person we've been fighting the entire time we've been together. So you hate him for no reason. How are you? I'm... This is a revelation to Thorn as well. Like, he is mind-blown. Like, he, he doesn't even know... Where the, everything he's been living has been a lie. He's been told things that, you know, that point towards Thera's doom. You know, everything that he knows is a lie. He, he is just as lost and confused as you are. He is, it is essentially broken, broken thorn. He looks distraught. He looks lost. He, he he doesn't he doesn't know, know he he can't even comprehend what what's going on. Thursadun raises raises his hand again and points towards Thorn. That that is the expression that I felt. You ask why this trial is happening. We don't sleep. We do. We gods. We we plan. We plot. We do these things. Time passes. But all of a sudden, within all the epiphanies I've ever had, I looked exactly as that mortal does now. Everything that I have done, every little bit that I have done, not done, whatever, suddenly I questioned it all. I wondered, is there something more than just what I, here it is that I'm doing? I decided to explore this path. He gestures to all the books, and you suddenly realize that the pages within could be a lot more... um, These books could be a lot bigger, but they're kind of dressed down to mortal comprehension in terms of, you know, there could be a couple million pages, Mm -hmm. but it just now looks like a large... Each one looks like a large Gomorrah. 
I committed from memory and for a mad God to suddenly have the clarity of memory to be able to remember every single thing that I've done and document it is immense just like him any points there is a reshaping that is needed I'm trying to bring that about I don't know anything beyond the fact that I'm apparently as broken as he is but I've confessed every single crime and you ask why I should be freed or why some favor should go to me it is the simple fact that a god of death a god of madness a god so hated that even the others will shun me has done some small acts of good an impossibility even within the immortal schism sanitary would would say that I need more information to give to Cesar and to make some determination as to what's going on here. Um, I would dismiss Thorn, you know, rudely and curtly because basically like, I, I see you. I'm looking at you. You later. You later. And I would want to talk to Sabre, who's been acting all sorts of batshit weird for the last month ever since we went down into the deeper parts of the Drow Kingdom. Um, I realize, of course, Tinzi and this is going to make you do a Sazar, 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 Sazar thing again. But um, I think Sabre should talk. Okay. Sabre's sitting there, um, pretty pale. Uh, hands is kind of kind of clenched um, together and, and very, very frozen um, as if she's not really listening, but is at the same time intently listening. She kind of glances up when um, she realizes that you're staring at her, Sanitari. Mm -hmm. And for once, she's at a loss of words momentarily. Um, Cost <laughs> versus the verboseness of Sabre. Yes, but you you sort of I don't know. There there's that kind of humility that one gets when they're caught picking their nose. <laughs> Sabre does not have such bodily functions. No, but you've almost got the feeling that that, that Sabre has been caught at something. Ah, oh, <laughs> Sabre does it. So Bray doesn't need to pick her nose. She uses her magic to pick her nose. <laughs> she doesn't need to do that because she has only beautiful radiant rainbow insides that just use she, candy. Yeah, yeah. She unicorn blood and that just oozes rainbows and le <laughs> leprechaun hats. Leprechaun hats and leprechaun. Just, yeah, leprechauns. It's like a leprechaun Lepre and unicorn merged. Yeah, it's like a an Irish green corn cob. Well, this is not in the uh, Star Trek universe, otherwise it'd be a leprechaun! Oh, God. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Cesar, is there anything else you wanted to ask, since you are the judge, like, making, like, decisions on stuff? Before? Well, I mean, I think that'll ultimately fall to, to Sabre. I mean, sentencing will be down to me, but, uh, you know, I, I just think, uh, we're getting a little muddled down here in the, in the details, where, uh, you know, just uh, maybe a little bit unorthodox, but to put my my two cents in here, uh, he seemed to be uh, seemed to have done a lot of a lot of bad shit, um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know that you know uh, curating a library will uh, is enough to really uh, overcome any of that. Uh, you know, for example, the 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 souls that he's been holding, you know, casually for no particular reason, just uh, happen to release. Do you, do you have any more of those? <laughs> You'd like to. You'd like to set free as a another gesture of good good goodwill there, Th Tharzadun. You suddenly realize that um, with the motion that Tharzadun makes, he's not manacled anymore. Oh crap! Um, he gestures to the wide audience that is out there, and he goes, "There is something on the order of six hundred thousand 
souls and memories that have been in my care, care. And in some ways. Kept from the other gods, true, kept from their peace, but given a peace of their own. If you wish them released, they will be. All you, Cesar. All you. Bang that gob gavel, buddy. Sure! Go for it! It's like Raiders of the Lost <laughs> Ark. Close your eyes! Close your eyes! Eric, I would like to, to just thank you for being the most casual judge on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, yeah, sure. Like, release the soul. This isn't my day job. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. What's my hourly rate? Barzadun looks at Cesar and goes, You're indeed a mortal after my own heart. <laughs> the consequences of this are going to be potentially most entertaining to those who are around to watch the after effects. Happy Fourth of July. With that, he raises his hands and doesn't do, you know, the polite little Spanish clap above his head <laughs> or anything. But there's a release of energy and noise and voices and just as if everyone in the world is now part and parcel to this moment in time. Suddenly, everyone in the gallery, with the exception of the gods, vanish. Who else is in the gallery besides the gods and us? All the ghosts. All oh, the ghosts. Okay. And Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> but he just walks out casually. In style, with a swirl mm -hmm. of his robe. And the, and, the, and the server who's bringing somebody a drink. Um... There is an almost, um, without, without exception, any of the gods that are visible suddenly gain an almost feral, cat-like smirk, as if they've just been given a large collection of toys or something to play with. Lovely. I would like everyone to make um, an insight check. Let me have a look here oh, real quick. Nice. 30! Don't remember my insight. 23. What's my insight? insight is 22. You kind of get the feeling that you have not been played, but the balance of power within the multiverse as you understand it has just been radically altered. Balance of power meaning good versus evil, or what? Um, just the power levels of various gods, or just the game has changed. You, you've now taken whatever's been the rule book and just set it on fire. But why Thorne would the other would like, gods? Okay, go ahead, Thorn. Thorn would like to run up to to Cesar, steal his like glasses apparatus, put it over one eye, look at one of the gods. It's over nine thousand. <laughs> Give them back to Cesar, run back to his place. <laughs> what are you asking, uh, Xanatar? Why should releasing the dead change the balance of power between gods unless they're collecting these dead that were soon, that were just released? Okay, within, and this is out of character, but uh, let's also go with, we'll give you a degree of in character as well. Um, the gods, when souls depart, they either go to the land of Grey, if they have no deity, and they just kind of wander around, or they try to depart to the planes of their particular deities. So if you die and, you know, you're one of the one of the elves that worships uh, Corallon, you'll go to Corallon's realm. Hmm. The measure of power. Basically, you just gave much more... Um, than probably the number that was uh, calculated or told to you in terms of uh, poker chips hmm. to the gods. Okay. He could because because it wasn't it wasn't clarified as to who all the rest of these are. That would take you know reading through the books and stuff. He may have been 
going after followers of one god to keep mm-hmm. the, the, them from getting additional power or stunt their stunt their power. Or he could have just been willy-nilly grab-bagging souls. Okay. So there could be a god out there that has been um, stunted for quite a while that's now suddenly more powerful because it has these souls. Hmm. Okay, makes sense now. Thank you. Um, we had talked offline about how there there is different cause and effect and how you guys can change the game in a lot of these things. And this is this, one way. <laughs> this, yeah, this, releasing this is, millions of souls. <laughs> doing doing something may have an immediate consequence, but down the line, it could have a wider consequence, or so forth. This is one of those situations. Mm-hmm. But say, say for instance, um, you know, you are your deity, Xanatari, mm-hmm. just got um, a mixture of extremely worried. Mm-hmm. But also sense an increase in the power of your deity. Okay. Well, but your your deity now feels a little different to you. I don't think I'd be upset by this. I mean, these people legitimately died and should have been where they're supposed to be anyway. Um, you know, if Tharzadun didn't, like, mess with things to his own end, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we have no idea which balance of, is better than any other at this point. So, kind, kind of look at kind of look at it this way. Um, potentially, deities that were comfortable being um, what they thought were deities might have enough power now that they realize that they were kids and they're now given the keys to a car and they're kids trying to le- learn how to drive a car. So there's going to be a period of instability. Meh. <laughs> Meh. Okay. In any case, <laughs> uh, does that help answer your question? Yes, thank you. Um, the Arzadun looks towards Sabre, and again, there's sort of the movement to the eyes. There's a very deep study of Sabre. And Tharzadun goes, Nobody has quite asked me yet the most basic of questions. And he's sort of staring at Sabre. You're Sabre, oh, so... <laughs> well, well, Sabre, it seems he might think that, that you have the question. Any any idea what he's talking about? Sabre kind of works her mouth around as if trying to figure out how to swallow. <laughs> and utters the phrase who makes up a jury in a trial uh, your peers your impartial peers Gary Oldman Sabre Sabre nods slowly and looks at every single member of the party before reaching up and unclasping the necklace um, at her neck. Cesar? Hmm? One drow, one drow, one drow. No! Right, at where she is, in, in her place? Actually, the same being. Sitting in the jury is a drow. Cesar's eyes open wide, and then he points dramatically at her, <laughs> like the monkey from Family Guy. He says, It was you! That's, that's who I was seeing! Guys, look, look, I'm not crazy! That, that's the drow! Explain yourself. Right now. I demand it. Gabble, gabble, gabble. <laughs> he, he says gabble. Anybody else have a reaction? <laughs> Senator Jay lifts one eyebrow and looks at Cesar because he's been going on about this one drow that no one's seen the entire time. So she looks at him, looks at the drow, looks at him, and just kind of shrugs. Too obsessed much? Obsessed much? <laughs> 
<laughs> Get a room. <laughs> you in the draw. Sabre explains after a moment to um, towards Cesar, but addressing the party and gives a history that, in essence, um, she was once quite the terrible villain and uh, was responsible for much death and carnage and um, was pretty much, you know, the, the quintessential badass and bad guy. Think Tim Curry, but probably without the... Um, Less hot. Yes. Sorry, was that out loud? <laughs> I believe it was. Less got a belt and suspenders? Yes. <laughs> and eventually, um, Sabre developed a sense of morality. Somehow. Wasn't quite sure. But had become an agent of a group that was working on behalf of Illustray and um, others within the Forgotten Realms. Just just like the drow that we encountered down downstairs. Yes. Okay. But um, this drow, Sabre's accent matches none. You realize that, you know, she's... You know, as she's talking now, there's there's no similar accent to the drow that have been brought up from below. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illustre is is not the patron of the group, but Illustre has shown Sabre um, a way. She's actually been um, magically compelled with certain restrictions and conditions in order to be able to act as an agent. Okay, sum that up for me again, because I'm slightly confused. Sabre was bad, and Sabre killed bad. a lot of people, and yep. in some association with the drow. She's a drow, but she doesn't have an accent like the other drow? I'm confused. She's okay. from a different region, probably. She's, she's from, she's from a different, different, you know, she's one from one of the regular drow underdark. But I thought the drow were, I mean, not to be all racial... But aren't the drow, like, dark? And she's Whoa. not. Hey. Racism. Whoa. It is a racial question. Well, she is now. She took the necklace off. And it yeah. was illusion. Uh, yes. And so when Cesar's seeing the drow the entire time, it's Sabre, but we were Sabre was with us when he was seeing the drow. It's a shitty necklace. But when it, it was always some sort of, like, flash of light or lightning kind of a strobe effect. Okay. You're used to seeing, okay, well, Sabre is there, but it would flash, it would temporarily disrupt what was being seen, mm-hmm. and you were kind of, Cesar's brain was kind of going, oh, wait, there's something next to Sabre. Because, of course, Sabre's standing there. Mm-hmm. Nothing not standing in the same spot. But Sabre oh. talked to the Eladrin, like, the council directly, and mm-hmm. we know the Eladrin are not drow. So they've been using Sabre as some sort of agent, or they don't know that she's Drow? Nope, they have been using her as an agent. Okay. She's ba- she's basically working on her redemption. Sounds familiar. Is as, 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 as basically how it's been explained. All right. Carry so, on, thank you. The whole long story, and um, if... Well, let's just, let's just say my access to those documents is, is, not, is not currently available. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a good couple of nine pages of. Okay, that's very it's a character. night of revelation. Yes. Okay. So Sabre here to advocate for Tharza Dune, considering that she herself is now redeeming a life of. Sabre, Sabre is sitting there in the jury box as a peer to Tharza Dune. Hmm. There is the, as, as, as um, Cesar said, there's a lot of similarity going on here. But that's why she's in the jury box. So, uh, Sa- Sabre, is, is your, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, evilness uh, uh, equal to the, the, the scale of, of, uh, of this uh, gentle thing here? I'm going to end this here um, for this episode. So, Xanatari, can you take us out and we'll pick up a little bit?
Are we going to do a second one tonight? Sounds like it. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast about advice and interviews on relationships between gamers at genesee.com. And you can join us for our worldwide adventure. Stay tuned for next week as we continue our travels. and chat room, we will have the second half of this episode where we delve into the revelations we just heard in about five minutes. So give us time for a quick break, and we will be right back. Um, if you have to leave, feel free to subscribe and hear this as it comes out. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?